as we develop the practice of mindfulness of breathing, so the days go by and we become a little more adapted to the tranquility, calmness of this environment, mind, body, settle down. We often find the attention rests more easily with the breath. It's not such a a constant effort to keep drawing the mind back after it's run away. As the attention slowly gets trained to stay with the breathing, we begin to notice a few more qualities that, that the breath has. Notice its textures and rhythms. Maybe we notice that the, when we breathe in, the sensation of, of temperature there as the at the nostrils as we breathe in. The air is cooler than when we breathe out. Having been warmed up by the body, there's a subtle difference. Perhaps we started to notice the, the difference between the feeling of the in-breath and the out-breath. Now the in-breath is naturally energizing. As a, we just use the word inspiration. It literally means to breathe in. To be inspired. It simply means invigorated. Maybe we've noticed how that the in-breath supports the quality of alertness, energy. Has a natural enlivening quality to it. And now the out-breath is a natural relaxation, the most natural letting go sigh of relief, releasing, the expiration, breathing out. As you find the mind drifting and grabbing hold of a thought or a feeling or a mood, Sometimes we can use the qualities of the breath to help work with that 
habit of, of grasping. Having noticed that the mind has, has chased off after something, gathering the attention in around it can be like breathing it in, gathering it together, and then the out-breath is a conscious releasing. Having gathered it all into a bundle, you let it go, release it. Let it flow away. No longer to be clung to. And then the next in-breath is a beginning again, starting afresh, newly inspired. Now, it doesn't mean that we have to be thinking of all of these things as we concentrate on the breath by any means. But we can notice how these natural attributes actually support the work of the mind, the heart that we're endeavoring to do. Endeavoring to uncover these qualities of peacefulness and alertness, cultivate them, develop them, just to notice how the textures of the breath, the qualities of the breath, support these same attributes. Perhaps we've also noticed how different are the turning points of the breath cycle, the end of the inhalation, the end of the exhalation. How do they feel to us? How long does the body pause between the end of an inhalation And then when the exhalation begins, how long is the pause after the end of the exhalation before the next inhalation begins? As we become more settled, attuned to the rhythm of the retreat, you might notice that those pauses, those turning points, 
last a little longer. And that we notice them more clearly. What does the mind attend to when the breath isn't moving? We finish an inhalation, and there's a pause for that second, two, three seconds, there's no breath. Then the exhalation begins. So we pick up the breath again. The exhalation ends. And the more quiet the mind is, the more settled the body. Sometimes it can be four, five, maybe ten seconds before the next inhalation begins. The mind is very restless, eager to be up to something, explore things, you might find that it takes those endpoints for a, a little kind of legal holiday. Goes running off for a little trip outside. Go and sniff the air, listen to the birds, and comes back in before the in breath begins. I used to find I could make it all the way to India and back. The end of the exhalation and before the inhalation began. The restless mind, eager for something to chew on. Yes, we're focused on the breath, but it's hard to leave that space alone. But as the system settles down, mind and body, we begin to find ourselves perhaps a little more enabled to simply be with that space. As Ajahn Punadhamma was saying last night, doing absolutely nothing is the supreme practice and the hardest. To just be attentive to that space, not trying to comment on it, fill it with anything, being attentive, aware, knowing. And then the breath begins again. Now in the beginning when the mind is not that familiar or committed, used to being committed to following the breath, then we, we tend to hold it very tightly, very close up to it, as it were. But as the mind becomes a little more settled, stable, the attention tending to wander a little less, 
we find that we don't have to hold the breath quite so tightly. That we can feel, attend to the feeling of the breath moving. In-breath, out-breath. And we can let the attention rest in that, the space of the turning points, without the mind wanting to race off here and there. So if we loosen the the tightness of focus on the breath just a little bit, if we were just taking one step back, we can begin to notice that that space that we notice, that we're aware of, at the turning points, does not actually vanish when the breath is perceived. You might only notice that's, that stillness and silence, spaciousness, when the object of the breath is not occluding it at the turning points. But when we take a little step back, just loosen the hold on the breath a notch, we can begin to sense that that spaciousness, that stillness, that inner silence is there regardless of whether there's the perception of the breath moving or not. It's just the tightness of our focus on the breath that occludes our awareness of that basic peacefulness, spaciousness. So if we work in, work in this way with the breath, and still focusing upon its, its textures and its movement, we find ourselves a little more able to, to hold the breath within that context of, <coughs> of peacefulness, of spaciousness. There's the object, the feeling of the breath. There's also the context the space within which it moves, if you like. Then we begin to perceive the breath a little more like a beam of light, as if we were holding a flashlight, shining a beam of, of light through the dark, swinging it to the left, to the right, to the left, to the right. And the breath moves through the, the sphere of our awareness, just like that beam of light moving through space. There's a form, a color even. The light beam has a shape, a texture. But just as as light does not even disturb the air that it moves through. That beam of light does not occlude the space which is shining through. Similarly, the feeling of the breath need not occlude the space of the mind that it, it moves through. 
And these are just images or similes that I'm using. We can see for ourselves, figure for ourselves, does this work? Does it work this way? Do we have a sense for that? And if we begin to work with the breath in this manner, what's the effect? How do we experience that? If we focus on the breath but hold it just a little less tightly, are we able to begin to perceive, to be aware of of an underlying quietude, spaciousness. Is that there? So we look, explore for ourselves. And if the mind is very busy, frantic, running around like a headless chicken. Then we need to obviously keep a slightly tighter rein on it. Staying as close to the breath as is possible working with the fact of that agitation, distractedness, confusion. But if you find, as, as the days proceed, an increasing calmness, steadiness, then we can work with the breath in this way. The reason why we focus on the breathing simply to help cultivate this quality of stability of attention, training the mind to be alert to the reality of this moment. (coughs) As that stability becomes more and more pronounced, complete, then we need the, the anchor of the breath less and less. In this respect, as, a, as time goes by and you find that the attention is really very steady, unwavering, happily follows the breath, the change of sensation as the, the air enters and leaves. You're able to stay with the, the quietude, the stillness of, of the turning points when there's no breath. And just as one can be attending to that internal quality of stillness or spaciousness 
at those turning points when the breath is not moving. In a way, we just extend that focus. We can let go of the the need to focus on the breath at all. As it was said, if the if the tides aren't pulling and the wind isn't blowing, there's no currents to contend with, and there's no need for us to drop an anchor. The vessel is is at ease, resting just where it is. So when that kind of stability is established, it's firm, then we take another step back, a couple of steps back from the breath, and just allow that feeling simply to be part of the whole array of experiences. The sound of someone blowing their nose, the other feelings in the body, in the back, or the legs, or the face, the stomach. Sound of the morning bird song outside the windows. Random memories, ideas. So rather than focusing on any one particular object, rather at this point in the meditation, one is simply training the heart to rest in the the quality of awareness itself. If you like, simply attentive to the spaciousness of, of the mind. And ready to observe, to feel the coming and going of, of all experience. Sounds of passing cars coming into being, fading. Sound of my voice forming words. Words beginning, ending. Thoughts taking shape, ideas, plans, judgments, opinions, hopes and fears, memories. And just as the breath can be seen like a, a beam of light swinging to and fro in the, the space of, of awareness. When the attention is firm and stable, then we begin to see that sound, thought, mood, judgment, hope, disappointment, excitement, frustration, pleasure, pain, neutral feeling, similarly can be witnessed, can be experienced with that that same eye, that same quality of knowing, their transparency, their fundamental emptiness can also be witnessed as a sound We call it out there, the bird singing. But where is out there? 
or a thought arises. We call that in here, in my mind. But how is that substantially different from the song of the bird? The pattern of consciousness arises, takes shape, crystallizes, mutates, and dissolves. It all happens here. It's all known with the same awareness. And we begin to notice that the judgments of in here, out there, my mind, the world, are somewhat arbitrary. The world, the room, my thoughts, my body, these are all experienced in the same space, aren't they? The car is on the road. But the road is where? It all happens here. It's all experienced here. It's a fluid transition of empty forms arising, formulating, dissolving. Now as soon as the attention is snagged is caught by a particular sound, particular thought. What kind of bird is that? What's that rumbling in my stomach indicating? What's that tingle in my left knee? Then rather like a, a burr being caught on our socks. The little hooks entangled in the fabric. attention gets meshed together with that object, it becomes a real thing. My thought, that bird. It's become solid, real. And the attention gets carried away. So to sustain the meditation, to sustain this quality of of open attention, to cultivate insight. Then we begin to, to train the mind as soon as we notice that snagging, that quality of being caught up, entangled, like teasing a, a burr out of our socks, gently tugging and tweaking. Similarly, we, we tease the attention away from that thought, that feeling, that sound, that memory. Not because there's something wrong with that thought, or it's bad, or evil, or, or an intruder, or shouldn't be there. Not at all. These are simply the changes of, of nature. Mother Nature doing its thing. 
That's all. Beautiful and perfect in its own right, just as it is. But it's just seeing that the habit of entanglement caught in our loves and hates, fears and hopes, obsessions, compulsions, that's what creates the kind of occlusion, that kind of veil, the sadness of not being able to really enjoy it. The beautiful dawn over the Mekong. Spring morning in Massachusetts. We find we can't enjoy it, enjoy it. Because of the habits of ownership, judgment, distraction. So this practice is simply aimed at loosening those habits, shedding those habits. Letting the heart be open to the flow of experience, just as it is in this moment. Not adding anything to it, not taking anything away from it. Simply knowing, without confusion. So some of the tools that we use to, to tease the, the burrs out of our socks, to prise our, our grip loose from the feelings and sounds and thoughts, are these contemplations on anicca, dukkha, anatta, uncertainty, transiency, unsatisfactoriness, Selflessness. These are the, the little tools, the tweezers and levers, the, the probes that, that help the attention get between the, the mind which knows and the object that it's seized onto. Just wiggling it in. Gently inserting the, uh, the point, the edge, between the mind and its object. Reflect, oh, is that sound of that bird, is that mine? Who does it belong to? That I call out there, I call that the world. Can I keep that? This thought, this mood, is this truly who and what I am? Does this have an owner? What makes this thought, this feeling in this body, any more me and mine than the sound of that bird? The bird is obviously out there, that's not me. 
But this feeling in my gut, this memory, that feels like mine, feels like me. So we're not using these, these principles, anicca, dukkha, anatta, to take philosophical positions, make judgments, but we're just using them as ways of reflection to loosen the habitual grasping, rejecting, judging, opinionating. So the point is not just to label everything anicca, 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 sticking labels on every experience. The point of it is the, the freedom of heart that comes when we ex- witness the transparency of things. Oh, I say the bird is out there, but where is there? Ah. I think of this thought as mine. But what does mine mean? What is it that owns that feeling? Ah. So the point of this practice, which we call the development of insight, is that change of heart. It's like that feeling when you get the burr out of your sock. Ah, all done. Free. Pure. Relieved. No more irritation. That's the point. So that when we, we let go, when the heart releases its grip on a particular object, and we come back to the quality of, of clear awareness, just notice how that feels when the transparency of all experience is witnessed, known. How does that feel? Let the heart really know that, because this is the point of all this effort, to taste that freedom, even if it's just for half a second. The grip loosens, the right hand lets go just before the left hand grabs. Even in that short, fragmentary moment, just to let the heart genuinely know that quality of of freedom, peacefulness. If you try this, make effort in this kind of practice, and you find that very swiftly the mind is swept away by the current of thoughts and feelings, And just as if you realize that the the boat is being pulled towards the rocks, then drop the anchor again. Don't just pretend the rocks are not really there. Get the anchor down. Go back to the breath. Feel the body. What's the posture doing? Restabilize attention. Stay with that until the... that... Focus is full, complete, steady once again. 
when that feels it's been established, we can try pulling up the anchor once more and seeing how things go. We have to judge for ourselves what approach we need in any one moment. Only we can tell. <laughs>